0: This is Charlie Kitchen, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk.
1: Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson, Curlier, Algan, Kylie Miller showing off those shifty skills. Driver
0: driving hard he down the alley and he scores. Yes.
1: What a goal from Josh yes. Bird. Kayla Trainer, Swinton scores. Yes, you're kidding me.
0: By Dylan Ward gets top side Rambo, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Your go to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson.
1: What's up, Pro Lacrosse fans? Welcome to another edition of Pro lacrosse Talk presented by Fanatics. Reminded to visit slash NLL Shop or slash NLL Shop dash CA for your official NLL team gear. I'm your host, Hutton Jackson joined by my co-host Adam Moore. As always, uh, we welcome everyone listening on Spotify as well as those watching on Spotify or YouTube um, in video format. Adam, we had a PLL trade two weeks ago. We get another one this week coming uh, on this Thursday when we're recording. Um, we got a few more player movement, not as big as two weeks ago, but still some stuff. We're going to talk NLL as well in the busiest week of the NLL. Seven games and all 14 teams playing, so we're going to discuss that a little bit later. We also got an interview with Charlie Kitchen, but as I mentioned, let's kind of go right off the bat with this PLL news. Um, I'll start with Alex Rode getting picked up by the Atlas. They had another goaltender. Now we talked about last episode, you know, a good problem to have, I would say, of having Kincannon and Calaruso on your roster. Now they had another goalie and Alex Rode, who played pretty well at Virginia, back-to-back champion. Um, so that makes things a little bit interesting. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into that. Noah Rack was grabbed by the Waterdogs, um, and Ben McIntosh was moved to the holdout list, so he won't play this summer. Um, and then probably the biggest was the trade of Stephen Kelly to the Cannons. He goes to the Cannons with a third round pick. It's the archers 20th overall pick. And in exchange, the archers get the Cannons' 18th overall pick, their third rounder and their fourth rounder, the 29th pick. So adding a little bit of draft capital. Um, I think it's more telling for the archers that they plan to either ride with Gaffney or add, you know, a face-off guy in this draft, which they certainly have the capability to, to do um, where the, you know, the Canons, I think, you know, I don't know if this is a long term fix, but I think they're going to probably feel pretty comfortable going with Kelly, um, you know, in a combination of him and Fowler. Fowler's healthy to go, which we saw on the Archers previous two seasons. So it's not that it hasn't worked, but still not sure it's the answer just going off the fact that Stephen Kelly has not cracked 50 percent in a season yet. He was 46 percent last year. So fluctuating between that 46, 49% range. Let's start off this trade of Stephen Kelly going to the Canons, reported by Ty Zanders.
2: Yeah. I mean, if uh, you're the Canons, it's not much to give up for for a guy that ha- has done well in the past and in, in specific situations. So um I, I don't see why it's an issue. And, you know, for the uh, archers, you know, it didn't seem like he was their guy. So to add a little bit uh, more to their draft arsenal, uh, I think it really did make sense for both sides. I agree. I don't know if it's the, the long-term answers uh, for the cannons, but uh, for both sides, it seems to make sense at the moment.
1: Yeah, no. And I know when I talked to Sam long, he was on one of our episodes a few weeks back and we talked about this potential revolving door, this carousel of face-off guys, do you think this might be a domino effect um, that results in potentially, you know, we saw Kyle Gallagher get picked up by the Chrome, do you think they're going to go with him and Connor Farrell, or do you think Connor Farrell maybe gets moved and the archers actually try to make a move for a faceoff guy already on a PLL roster, or do you think they're sh- kind of showing their hand that they're planning on taking a face-off guy in the draft?
2: I think they're keeping their options open at the moment. I, I do uh, think that, that the draft is probably the route uh, that they're going to go um, just based off of, uh, you know, previous off season conversations, right? Last year, I feel like we were talking about, you know, if the archers picked up uh, uh, a face-off guy uh, that could really kind of move the needle, that would be a big part of, of a championship for run for them. And I think the uh, same could be said uh, for this past season. So um, I think uh as much of a showing of a hand as it is, I feel like it's a hand that we've we've been seeing for a little while now, right? So I, I don't think it's a, uh, that big of a, a tell uh, for something we probably already were told.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I tend to think probably the draft, but the fact that Mike Sisselberger, who's arguably the top face-off prospect, um, you know, once he comes out of college, isn't going to be available this draft leads me to believe that there could, like you said, keeping their options open, there could be a move maybe for a guy that's already on a roster. Um, you know, we saw Drew Simino jump around a little bit. Um, but like at the end of the day, I don't think the cannons or the archers are going to solve their problems at the face-off stripe in one foul swoop, kind of like the Redwoods were able to do with TD Erlen last year. You know, I think TD is kind of a generational talent. Um, and I think Sisselberger could kind of fit that, you know, when he is available in the draft next year, but as of right now, I think that's why the Cannons are maybe hoping, hey, you know, this will be a stopgap with Stephen Kelly and Brendan Fowler. It's worked in the past having those two play, you know, kind of as a tandem. So um, I see, yeah, I see them also probably just leaning in the draft. And we think Connor Gaffney can, you know, play up to his potential as well. I think he's obviously a solid. We mentioned Sisselberger, another Lehigh product, and Gaffney, who did really, really well as well uh, when he was at Lehigh, so sure enough, like, he could come in and, and amaze us, too. He got a few games under his belt last year, um, but a lot of it's just, you know, getting reps um, in this league. It is a tough league to play with some of these top face-off guys, um, but yeah, definitely, I don't think it's the complete fix for the cannons. Um, I like the move just to kind of change things up, um, and, you know, they didn't really have as many options in the draft as say the archers do. So I think it's probably their best bet. Um, Let's go back to road a little bit. What what do you think? Does this kind of change your opinion on when we last talked about, you know, them keeping Kincannon and Calaruso on the roster or does it kind of, you know, do you think maybe one of them is going to be on the trading block or do you think you're still, you know, set on keeping all three of those guys now on a roster and just having them compete at camp?
2: Yeah, I think competition breeds success and and bringing in, uh, a guy that had so much success uh, at Virginia winning national championships. I think he's second all time uh, in terms of saves at Virginia. Uh, and when you talk about the goalies that have uh, come through uh, and played for the Wahoos, I, uh, I really think uh, that, that says a lot. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, him compete uh, in training camp. And I'm really excited to see uh, what footage and coverage of training camp uh, this summer looks like. Uh, I'd really love to see um, so, some, uh, you know, in-depth. Uh, coverage of that, which I'm looking forward to from the league. So definitely think uh, he, he has the capabilities of playing in the PLL and, and winning a roster spot. So whether it's with the Atlas or another squad as a backup, I'm, I'm really interested to see how how uh, training camp goes for him. Um, and you know, in other sports, we we see quarterbacks play really well in the preseason, right? Um, and then uh, get uh, picked up or traded to another team because of that uh, success. So uh, Coach Rubio is one to uh, kind of compile draft assets as we've seen um, and and really turn those into something successful. So uh, why not find success on the waiver wire and adding uh, a proven guy in college like Alex Rode?
1: No, yeah, I agree. And to use your football analogy, I think a lot of it, you know, with the quarterback carousel is similar with goalies. I think there's a lot of talented goalies in this league that are unfortunately backups because there are so few teams. Whereas on the flip side with the faceoffs, I think it's more of the kickers where, you know, there's some top elite guys out there on teams that have cemented their roles on the spot. But the rest of them are kind of, you know, bouncing around a little bit, trying to find their footing. And that's kind of, you know, the nature, I think, of professional lacrosse right now is, you know, there's not as much elite faceoff guys, at least compared to, you know, in this league on the flip side, there's a lot of elite goalies in this league. So many that, you know, you have guys like Brian Phipps, you know, in a backup role, obviously you're the starting spot at the end of last year. We can expect him to probably be a backup again, heading into this season, you know, maybe he'll, he'll win the spot. You know, we don't want to write him off yet, but you know, we know Burnlor is their future goaltender goaltender of the future. But yeah, I think that's a good comparison, uh, you know, to use a football analogy. That wraps up our PLL discussion. Uh, we have a lot to talk about in the NLL, including the Firewolves improving now to three and two on a three-game win streak. Um, and we got to see- speak to one of them in their rookie, Charlie Kitchen, who got picked up by the Waterdogs, as we mentioned, on our last podcast. So happy to have him on. So let's toss our interview with Charlie. Today on Pro Cross Talk, we are lucky to be joined by Charlie Kitchen, ready forward with the Albany Firewolves in the NLL and recently acquired by the Waterdogs in the PLL. Charlie, thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks, really excited to be here.
1: Absolutely. Let's start off with this recent Firewolves win. You scored two goals in the game against the Thunderbirds, uh, which saw you also improve to three and two on the season and hand Halifax their first loss of the season. Have you guys really come together during this three-game win streak? Uh,
0: so we were like zero and two in 2021, and in 2022 we've been three and zero. Luckily they had some guys out, um, but we've just really been building character and chemistry together with with everything going on. I'm just lucky that those guys are trusting me and putting the ball in my stick.
2: Yeah and uh, obviously we'll we'll dive more, dive more into, into your your pro career a little bit but we always love starting with our guests on on kind of the the roots of the game for them. So when did you first pick up a stick? It was right when
0: kid pitch started happening in baseball, whatever age that is, 7 or 8, and I just didn't want to get hit by a baseball, so that's when I picked up a lacrosse stick. Awesome.
2: Um, and and you know, went to St. Augustine Prep uh in, in Jersey. I think there uh, I, I work in college admissions and whenever I would visit, they have the best logo, your your hermit's logo at St. Augustine was one of my favorite logos, I think, of all time. Um talk about playing there.
0: Um yeah. So my coach, JC Blori, played played at Delaware. Um he played with John Grant, actually. Um, so he's the head coach there. Um I played, I played in a little youth program in the summer called South Shore for him. And then I just kind of found out that that was the place for me um, over my public high school, which pretty funny Wise, I can jump a fence and I'm on my high school, like my public high school. Nice. <laughs> and I decided to drive an hour to school every day. So that was my decision. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Um, the Hermits, best caveman ever. Um, I, if I could do it again, I would. Um, we were always really good. Like, well, good for Jersey at least. Yeah. Um so we went had a bunch of D1 commits. Like we had guys go to Michigan. My brother played at Hofstra, he's a year older than me. Um and yeah, it was just it was just the best opportunity for kids in South Jersey that wanted to elevate their game and, and get a good opportunity to play in college. So um yeah, it was awesome.
2: I loved it that's great and obviously you made that connection with coach and then you followed along in your coach's footsteps on your way to Delaware where you played for for coach Ben DeLuca finished second all-time in CAA history in career points with 239 so talk about your time with the Blue Hens
0: so um wow what a ride huh um first year I had uh I had coach Shills coach Schillingwell yep I was there for 39 years yep dude Nuts. I loved him. I loved him He was kind of the main reason why I went there. Yep. Um, it was, it was just a sick, sick opportunity. I mean, uh, just recruiting wise for me, I was a late bloomer. Um, I grew, I grew my senior, like going into my senior year. So I was like five, nine, 140 pounds as like a junior in high school. And then I ended up being six, four, two, ten, my senior year.
1: Everyone's
0: like, where the hell did this come from? Um so like I, I didn't really get too many looks recruiting wise. Like I talked to a couple of Ivies and, and a couple different schools, but I found like Delaware's probably the best opportunity for me. So did that went to Delaware. And I was like, if I love it, I love it. If not, I could just go somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So I ended up just, uh, I got an opportunity to play my first year and I absolutely loved it. So I was like, I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And then, um, <clears throat> I go back and, uh, I go back and just same thing love it even more um but the kicker is we got a new coach (laughs) Ben DeLuca and Cornell but like one of the best coaches I'm like oh god I've heard great things about him but I heard he runs everyone so bad so I'm like (laughs) dude I gotta get in shape I'm so screwed so he comes in um my sophomore year and um and I end up like not getting in shape that summer. And I, I come in and tear both my hips, tear both of my hips by the end of the spring. And I'm like, dude, this is brutal. I'm built like, I'm built like a German shepherd. This sucks. So I get, I get one of surgery done. And the other one, I'm just like, yeah, it's not that bad. We'll just deal with that another day. Um, and that's still not repaired now. So it is what it is. So um, I've just kind of, that's the biggest injury I've kind of had to deal with in my college career. Um, but just moving on, like in being more broad now. Um, we went from going what seven and eight my first two years. So Shills last year, we went seven and eight. Coach and DeLuca's first year, we went seven and eight. And then ever since then we we're we we're way more than above five hundred, I think. I think we've been like ten and five, ten and five, and ten and three, I think we went. Um but um, what's pretty cool is I get to continue my career with like guys that are also blue hens, like Brett Manny. And now mate and I have to make the team obviously, but with the water dogs, Matt DeLuca, he's on that yep. team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that's nice great. to see guys that play at yeah. Delaware and I get to continue my career with them. But if I could do it all over again, um, Delaware would be the place I'd be a hundred percent. I loved it. Everything about it.
2: That, that's Absolutely. awesome. Coach, uh, Coach Schilling Law had the meanest stash I think I've ever seen of a lacrosse coach, that thing. That thing was raging.
0: The stash is so sick. We we got a t-shirt printed of like his face and stash. Like when he retired, it was like gallery the front, and the back is just his head and a stash.
2: That's it's sick. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I was a uh, I I work game ops at Towson and saw you guys uh, take them on one of your your last games of your senior year. Yeah, you you, you you lit it up. I think you had like six seven points in that one. Now you're you're a blast to watch in person. You guys look like you're having a lot of fun out there.
0: Oh, thanks, man. That's, that sucks. Though we'd never liked Towson, unfortunately. You <laughs> are
2: the biggest fans. <laughs> well, I, I could tell, I could tell based off of how, how the game was going for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but moving on now to the pro side of things, we'll get into the water dogs a little bit, as you mentioned, uh, but let's go. You kind of have an interesting journey on how you made it into the NLL. You were drafted by new England black wolves um, before they moved to Albany Then you ended up getting drafted in the expansion draft to Panther City. You know, they flew you out there. You did a lot of promo shoots. Then you got traded back to the Firewolves. Uh, Discuss, you know, your back-and-forth journey leading up to before you even made your NLL debut.
0: (laughs) So it's actually pretty funny. Well, even how I just got this opportunity. So I played played one summer in 2019 for the Toronto Beaches. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was all set up basically by me going up to a Canadian teammate at Delaware. And I was just like, yo, man. Get me to Canada for the summer. That's all I want to do. I want an opportunity to play professionally. So I was like, Mm -hmm. sure, man, I'll I'll make some calls and see what I can do. Sure enough, I talked to Clem uh, Durazio and he gets me up to Toronto for the summer. So that was sick. And then um, I had an okay summer. I mean, I still have so much to learn, and I had a lot to learn there. But played good enough to have them draft me. So I got drafted to New England Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in, what, 2020 fall. Got all these, like, sweat. Shirts. I I got these hats. I'm like, this is sick. I love it. And then um, I heard they moved, and I was like, no, I just bought all this stuff. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm gonna look into their apparel and everything. And then and then in the summer, boom, get picked up an expansion. I'm like, dude, I did not know I was this popular. <laughs> and then um, so they're like flying me down to Fort Worth. I'm so excited. Like uh, I love their colors. I loved Fort Worth area too and then um like training camp goes by and um like we ended up scrimmaging albany when i was on panther city and it was funny because three days after that scrimmage boom i'm back in albany (laughs) so it's like holy dude i haven't played one game and i've been on three separate teams this is nuts so um, it just, it just shows like how much uh, this coaching staff is kind of dedicated to me and how much they want to, to build me as a player. Cause I've so much to learn. I'm really dedicated and excited to learn about it. And it's cool that they're so bought in teaching me the game and, and growing me as a player.
1: So I'm really happy to be with Albany. No, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned you played for the Toronto beaches. Uh, Glenn Clark was your coach there. That's kind of how you had that connection. Um, talk about, you know, being, I guess you could say reunited with him now on this Albany Firewolves team and how much you know he's impacted you
0: i mean he's he's uh, he's he's a defensive coach but damn he gives some sick speeches like <laughs> he is really inspiring and um he's he's very serious he's not a guy you can take lightly as well um like everything he says he means and he backs it with with all his, all his might so i mean i just totally would love to keep playing for him as long as i could when we got basically blown out by rochester um there are some words that really inspired the guys uh, after that game. Mm -hmm. Like there, there was no way we were going to play bad again, you know? So um, he's just a really, really great coach. I mean, he's, he's a defensive coach, but things he, the little tips he gives me offensively are are really awesome. Um, Even if it's just coming down to like pick play or just the way you run onto the floor, like he has really good tips and he, he's always helping out constantly and he's always sticking up for, for his guys as well. So he's just a great guy to play for.
1: No, absolutely. And talk a little bit too about um, you know just the adjustments you've had to make. You know, obviously you only had one season of box across under your belt. How Have you seen your game kind of improve as you play more and more?
0: Well, this game is this game is totally different, man. It's totally mm-hmm. different. It's like going from I don't even know what comparison to make, but <laughs> I. I've even had to change my stick you know it's like that different so I think it's much more of a IQ skilled based game um, rather than just having to be like a freak athlete you know I mean obviously it helps but you definitely have to know the game through and through and definitely Mm -hmm. need to have the stick skills to be able to finish those in tight in tight catches or even just being able to pick a spot on the net because what is it like a four by four see I don't even know the dimension it's like a four <laughs> by four and with these goals you know so it's like it's so crazy but I love it I mean I absolutely love it so it's it's so much fun and um I'm I'm just really glad I'm getting this opportunity
2: yeah and, and talk a little bit more about that that uh Blue Hen connection you mentioned Brett Ma- playing with Brett Manny now um yeah, in Albany how, how much has he helped you so
0: Brett's Brett's always always been a beauty man he's he's always come to delaware and just like gave speeches and stuff mm-hmm. so it's really nice like to see this different side of him because <laughs> i was just like looked up to him like brad manny this guy's yeah. played pro field pro box he's so cool mm-hmm. you know so um it's funny just seeing him in the locker room like joking around and stuff because i'm just i'm just like dude i used to see you in a different light this is yeah. this is funny how we got here, but um <laughs> He's been awesome. He's been nothing short of amazing. Um, He's a great leader. Um, He does his work beyond the field and um, he's just totally bought in to all the guys and everyone in the locker room. So, I mean, he's been nothing short but amazing.
1: No, it's awesome. And, you know, you hinted at the water dogs, uh, you know, you were just picked up by them. Um, You weren't drafted last summer. uh, So, you know, kind of probably felt like you were missing out a little bit. Does that drive you a little bit now to, you know, kind of make this water dogs team, um, and talk about just your excitement to get an opportunity to play pro field.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been a dream of mine to play pro field as a kid. Um, so just that the fact that I have a chance now is so mm. cool. And obviously, it's going to drive me even more um, because I get that chance. Um, but I'm just really grateful for it. You know, mm. um, it's, it's almost like I'm this close to achieving that seven-year-old's dream. And it's Mm going to keep pushing me and pushing me and pushing me until I actually get it. So um, I'm just really excited to have the chance. And I got I got four months to to really get my game together without playing a field season. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting on uh, how I I can like adapt and and train differently um, so I can really get ready for it. But I'm really excited for the challenge
1: absolutely and you know the box skills tend to transfer pretty well we're seeing obviously a, a lot of players playing in both leagues uh have you had any conversations with some of your uh, fellow water dogs you know you mentioned Matt DeLuca obviously a fellow blue hen um that you played with uh or you know with coach Andy Copeland himself any conversations so far
0: uh yeah so I, I talked to my buddy Matt um I talked to him a bunch because I was just like uh... I was just shooting them texts before this even happened. I'm like, dude, is there any way you can get me a chance? Just get me a shot. Like, sorry to be annoying, but please help. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'll do what I can do. Like I'll just put in a word and that word carried pretty damn far and got me this opportunity, which is pretty sick. Um, I talked to coach Copeland as well. I talked to him like, uh, like a week and a half ago or two weeks ago now. Um, and yeah, it was, it was funny the phone call that that I got. So I mean, he's like, "Hey, we're looking at you in the player pool," because he's the coach of Fairfield, right? <laughs> so he's like, you beat up at me at Fairfield, and and I hope we can we can team up." So that'd be really nice. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was pretty funny, but that's yeah. that's really, really the really only words we exchanged. And then after that phone call, um, I got a text like. 5 p.m. that that same day and I, I was not expecting it but he's like welcome to the team I'm like holy that, that was quick yeah so yeah I was just just stunned for a minute when I got that text and yeah I got right to work
1: no, that's awesome we're definitely looking forward to seeing you play in the field obviously we're we're big fans so i definitely looking forward to that this summer now we're going to go to our five and five segment more quick hitters here more fun answers hopefully but I'll start with the lacrosse side of things what are some pregame routines or superstitions you have?
0: Um, I'm not really superstitious, but um I have to stretch my left leg first. Gotcha. Any reason why, or yeah. is it
1: just something you've been doing?
0: Um, because it's the it's the non-fixed hip. Okay. So I okay. I like think if I stretch that first, it gets warmer first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. <But> yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm not really superstitious, but I guess that's just something I've done. And and I kind of make it a superstition at this point. That's really Mm -hmm. it.
1: Gotcha. Number two, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be box or field.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I'll do both. I'll do both. So box so far, um, the atmosphere and the place was sick. And that was where the rock play. Mm -hmm. I, I forget what it's called, but it was it was really cool. Um, just because like it was like the first game of the season two so it was packed, like every seat was filled, and it was a really, really sick environment. Um, field wise, it has to be um why did do I forget all these names, man? Mm-hmm. But it's where uh Johns Hopkins, Johns Hopkins place. Oh yeah, uh, Home, Homewood, was, yep. Homewood, yeah. How do I forget that? <laughs> I fully them, my good friends and I forget his stadium there Oh, I love it there. It was so cool.
1: No, it's definitely a good one. It's got a lot of history there, of course. Um, number three, what's your current stick setup in terms of head shaft and stringing?
0: All right. Um, head shaft stringing. So I have, I have both string king. So it's string king shaft, string king head, Mark 2V. And then, um, right now I'm testing out like a, like a mid, mid high pocket with, uh, two, two straight shooters across.
1: Gotcha. And how does that vary a little bit from the box game? Cause you said you had to mention, you mentioned that you had to change, uh, you know, between field and box. So how is it kind of different from when you played in college?
0: Um. So you know how there's two sides of the mesh. Yeah. So there's like one side that's like meant to grip the ball and stuff, and the other side's like just the back side of the mesh.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: actually flip around when I string oh. a box stick. I use the smooth back side of the mesh, and I string the same exact pocket just I do in my field, but it's just mm-hmm. literally it just doesn't like have channel and grab the ball and it just makes it smoother and snappier release so yeah that's how i change it up yeah, but yeah no, it works cool. pretty well
1: uh, no that's well. interesting yeah I, I i'm old enough to remember the days where like it, there wasn't really a difference between the front and the back of the mesh so now like hearing about like you know the technology that's kind of you know how it's kind of advanced since then like gripping the ball i mean obviously east coast uh made a lot of strides in that and Adam's you know friends with them um but yeah it's kind of cool to see how the mesh technology because I remember when I was like in middle school like if you got your mesh wet it was like screwed and <laughs> now it's like everything's waterproof but it
2: all it also like took it also like if with, with like one of, of the old hard pieces of mesh I feel like yeah you, you were making your knuckles bleed when you were trying to pound oh yeah yeah it
0: took forever
1: to like get, the, oh, the, get that ready. To go.
0: oh yeah the gym locks hard man you yeah you'd walk away with bloody knuckles uh, i <laughs>
1: remember that <laughs> oh. absolutely uh number four who's a lacrosse player you looked up to when you were younger or has been kind of a mentor to you um you know during your career
0: um when i was really young um oof i mean there's there's so many but probably steel sandwich at virginia mm. when i was young um I was I was growing, I would just, like, for mentor-wise, I would just use older guys that I played with. Um, so, like, when I was at San Diego lesson, it was kind of Joe Isley. Um, he played at Delaware as well. Um, and then when we got to Delaware together, same thing. I mean, we became more, more as friends than me kind of using him as a mentor. Um, and, then, and then now it's just probably – the best guys on my team I, I, I talk to most and use mm-hmm. mentors, probably like QZ or Joe Rezateritz. So they've been great to me. And, and um, yeah, that's probably what I'd say for, like, mentors. Awesome.
1: And then number five, if they made an NLL video game, who do you say deserves to be on the cover?
0: On the cover? Yeah. Does he have to be
1: playing? No, it doesn't have to be a current player. It can be a past player, too. We get a lot of legends as answers, so okay. –
0: Oh man. This is this could be like really funny or like <laughs> you know, we could totally make this cool by like putting putting someone really cool on it or they could just make it funny by putting like a fighter on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what well, oh, what would be the like a goalie, what would be the know? like you know, NHL hits edition. Like <laughs> who's the enforcer going on the cover? For you? Oh,
0: dude, Brett Manny 100%. You see, you see that his face, man? Yeah. It'd be a great cover for that. <laughs> but, uh, I love it. Dude, I love I it. Know. I don't know for the the actual video game, not the hits edition. I mean they gotta they gotta put like John Tavares on it, right? Or like Dan mm-hmm. Dawson because they're number one of two now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just gotta say personally, I gotta say Dan Dawson because number six and number six, there but you go. probably John Tavares is first game you know
1: yeah yeah no, no, that makes sense yeah i, I love both answers <laughs> jt <laughs> is probably a common answer but um get brett manny on there for you know a special albany firewood yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it
2: would sell like hot cakes for sure um, <laughs> uh, all right i'll take the uh the off the field question so st- sticking with sports with number one uh who's an athlete uh in another professional sport you really enjoy watching right now
0: um John Rahm's tearing it up. Yep. So I'd say that. Yeah, I got into golf recently. I got some lessons and started watching some golf. So you know, I got to act like I'm good at it now. Yeah.
2: (laughs) There's a couple uh, pretty solid courses I feel like in Jersey you could you could hit up.
0: Oh yeah, I don't hit them up because I suck. (laughs) Yeah, I'll hit them up.
2: Uh, number two, what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy when you're not playing?
0: Oh, dude. Um, I rip all video games. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Um, other hobbies. I don't know, man. I just like, I play lacrosse and when I get home, I like play more lacrosse and coach lacrosse. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm working out or playing video games. So (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty basic.
2: No, i good. I, uh, I'm golfing. There we go. There we go uh have i was reading uh just before we we hopped on i was rereading that article that usa lacrosse put out before your senior year yeah have you tattooed anymore you got give yourself any more tats lately
0: i threw it out because it broke but i gotta oh. get a new one okay. I, know, I know i know i wish i could do it because that would have been sick but like this one i yeah. gave myself it looks it looks bad but it actually <laughs> didn't turn out bad there's definitely worse ones okay. um I have one on the side of my knee that I did for the Toronto beaches. Now nice. it's just a, it's, it's kind of cringy, but it's like the little, little wave, like the nice. chicks have. Um, but yeah, that one turned out well too. That, that's like two of the six that turned out good. Yeah.
2: Okay. So <laughs> 33%. That's yeah. not bad. That's pretty that's <laughs> good. Of odds. Nice. Uh, all right. No, number three, uh, favorite spot to vacation.
0: Wow. um, Cabo is sick.
1: Okay. I'll
0: say Cabo. Or the Bahamas. Like, yeah. Atlantis was pretty cool, too.
1: Nice. I'm actually going to the Bahamas. Um, not Atlantis, but Bimini, uh, one of the islands. So, definitely looking forward to that. I've never been, but uh, I hear good things. You've never been? Oh, it's no. sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, <laughs> so, so weird. oh, oh dude, you're going to have a blast. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm pumped. Just to get some beach weather. It's been snowing way too much up north here. <laughs> Where are you at? I'm in. I'm actually in New Jersey myself. I'm uh in Brick, New Jersey, so near the shore. Oh no! Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Definitely miss the the beach weather that we're used to uh, during the summer. Yeah, right. I just got like eight inches the other day. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. We're still, you know, we're we're shoveled out now, but there's still plenty of snow on the ground. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I'm in Baltimore, so it's either really hot, or snow, and there's no no nice beach weather here usually. So, uh, <laughs> moving on to number four, uh, favorite meal, and do you prefer to dine out or cook at home?
0: Uh, well, when I cook at home, my favorite meal to cook at home is like a flaminon with garlic mashed okay. and like some asparagus. Mm-hmm. That's pretty gas. Um, and then when I go out, oh man, see, I'm just so good at going out to eat. <laughs> so. <laughs> like there's so many good spots i've been to um wow there's this place um down in cape may that's pretty sick okay. um it's called the marion inn and it was unbelievable and there i got like filet and like lobster it was mm-hmm. sick so was probably the best there. meal i've ever had so <laughs> I have to say, yeah, the Marion Inn in K-May, and it just closed down, so RIP, but it no, was sick.
1: Sucks. I was like, oh, that's a great spot, I don't have to <laughs> visit, and you're like, no, it's
2: <laughs> not <it's> closed. <laughs> uh, brutal. All right, and then my uh, last off-the-field question, um, are you binging anything right now, TV shows, books, podcasts, anything like that? You said you're a big gamer, so.
0: Yeah, so. um My girlfriend got me this sick poster for Christmas, right? And it's the top 100 movies in IMDb. So we're going from 100 to number one right now. So that's basically what we're binging. Um, And she's never seen Star Wars, right? Oh, wow. Crazy. I know. (laughs) Full violation. So sorry, I'm looking over this poster. I'm like, what are we on?
2: Yeah.
0: But we hit hit Star Wars on like number 89. So, okay. I'm like, I'm not letting you watch the fourth Star Wars because that's number 89. So, I'm like, okay. I'm not letting you watch the fourth Star Wars. We have to watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. So, after an argument with my parents about do we watch it four, five, six, or one, <laughs> two, three, or one, two, three, four, five, six, I said, yo, we just got to watch one, two, three, four, five, six because, you know, that's the order. I know yep. it's not chronologically correct, <laughs> but we can watch it that way. Sorry. <laughs> so, now we're on, we're on, um, uh, now we're on the fourth one we watched one two three the last week so yeah we're binging this star wars right now but i've seen them a million times i just can't
1: believe she hasn't at all yeah Mm -hmm. well when they get if you do watch them in the order like chronological order not the order that they were released they kind of get better actually because you know the original trilogy is better than the prequel trilogy so you know they kind of get better as you get through six and then they get worse so (laughs) the four through six are are the the best ones (laughs) No,
0: I was trying to tell her. I'm like, dude, you just got to stick out through one, two, three, Because four, five, six is a lot better. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let's just watch them first since they came out earlier. I'm like, dude, you can't go. You can't go from like, Luke, I'm your father, back to Anakin being a kid. Like, it doesn't yeah. freaking work. Let's be realistic. Let's <laughs> just watch it all the way through. And she had no <laughs> idea what I was talking about. So I'm like, You'll see. You'll see. I just played <laughs> the biggest twist in movie history. She has no idea what's going
1: on. So... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that wraps up our five and five. Um, I always like to end on one final question. What's some advice you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally?
0: Oh man, um, don't see your work as work. I'd say so. I would, I would come home like from school, get my homework done, so I could play lacrosse and so I could go outside.
1: Mm-hmm. So if
0: you can make all, all of your your hard work and working out, if you can make that a habit and something you love to do, that is a way to really get yourself better at the sport. Number one, and number two, to get yourself on a schedule and, and to get yourself in the best possible opportunity and space to succeed. So, uh, that's probably the first piece of advice I'd say is like, try to make your work something you love. Um, and if it feels like work, it's, it's probably just not for you. And then, um, another thing, um, I'd say it's like just always, always seek like help. Like don't ever think you're alone through anything. Um, there's so many people that are willing to help and and just guide you through things. Like I have kids that are scared to come to me about advice and, and ways they could get better just because just because I'm I'm playing professionally and I had a good college career. Like I was I wanted that same information when I was their age. And I definitely could have gotten it, but I just didn't ask because I was just intimidated by these idols I, I looked up to. So, I mean, just don't be afraid to ask for help. That's how you get better. And these people are more than willing to help you and you just got to ask. So that's probably two pieces of advice I'd say.
1: No, I think that's great for our, our young listeners. And, you know, I think there is a lot of fear sometimes as a young player to like ask, cause you don't want to you know, sound stupid, but that's actually how you learn and you develop. So I think that's some good advice. Well, we appreciate enjoy. We appreciate you having, Well, we appreciate you coming on, Charlie. Enjoyed having you on here. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, you know what you guys continue to do with the Firewolves, and you know, see you suited up for the War Dogs this summer as well. But uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate. it. All right, so we appreciate Charlie hopping on. Uh, he's got two games this weekend. They're playing the Swarm back to back days uh, on Friday and Saturday. No easy task. The Swarm have a little bit more of a benefit. I know a lot of these guys fly in um, from all over, so it's not too much of a benefit, but they are starting out at home, whereas both teams will have to travel up to Albany the following day. Um, But Albany, let's talk them a little bit. They got a big win over the Thunderbirds, upset the Thunderbirds, handed them their first loss. Thunderbirds were without Kyle Jackson, who was a healthy scratch. He's been uh, held scoreless the past three games for his healthy scratch in this game and then clark peterson wasn't medically cleared either so a few key pieces there but um albany got off to a hot start you know went up six and one and never kind of looked back thoughts on this game and how uh, albany was able to get the win
2: yeah i i think i said it coming into uh this week that i expected a really go and i picked the firewolves in this one mm-hmm. just because i think they they've been on a, a good run lately and i think uh, they're meshing, you know, uh, we talked to Ryan Banesh uh, a little bit ago, um, and he talked about how, uh, after getting dealt that they, he felt like they were really gelling, Charlie said the same thing, just mm-hmm. as you heard. So uh, this Firewolves team obviously was super competitive before um, when, when they were uh, still the Black Wolves. So, um, and coming into this year, it took a little bit, but I think they're right back uh, where they were at that time. So uh, I, I, I think they're, they're hot. Uh, I think they're really strong right now and uh, I wouldn't want to go up against them. And clearly they, they, uh, they have the talent and they have the ability because they just upset um what who many say is one of the best teams in the league in, in Halifax so um it'll be interesting to see how the, the rest of the season goes but uh yeah they're definitely on the up
1: no for sure and you know for those betters out there I actually placed the future on them at plus 2500 because you know the value's kind of been sucked dry out of the bandits Thunderbirds the rock you know those those three teams that we know are like kind of cream of the crop seals you could still get a good price on them you know around the plus 300 to plus 500 range but uh Firewolves, you know, you can put them in that camp of those teams I just mentioned. Obviously, they got off to a slow start going 0-2, but now I think you can put them in that camp again, and they're plus 2,500, so big, big value there, I think, personally. You know, again, at the end of the day, you're predicting a champion, um, and they still have a long road ahead, you know, to win a championship, but I think there's some value there um, for sure, and if you guys are interested in, you know, lacrosse betting, you should definitely check out Bet on Lacrosse. Um, Dan Newbert does a great job with that show. So definitely listen to him. He has some probably more thoughts than we do on it, but yeah, I agree. I think it was a good win for Albany um, tough one for Thunderbirds too, to kind of have a long layover, um, you know, have some guys out of the lineup. Um, I think they're going to bounce back though. No easy task playing this Riptide team that's playing really, really well despite being one in four. Um, so definitely, you know, interested to see that matchup coming up, but uh, it was nice to get behind the scenes look too. I don't know if you've checked them out, Adam, but I think, you know, Tyson Geick and what his team's doing with the Thunderbirds 360 videos, I mean, they're like mini documentaries, close to an hour long, really gives you a behind the scenes look. They've been doing a great job with those, professionally produced. Um, I really think ESPN Plus and TSN should get that up onto their platform if the NL is able to, you know, strike a deal or whatever. I mean, I'm sure the Halifax team would just be gladly to have them host that on their um, the platform, but you can check those out on YouTube. And I think they're doing a great job that I hope more teams start to replicate. So just want to give them a shout out, you know, cause they're putting a lot of work into that content. And I think it's great behind the scenes, look, um, at this Thunderbirds team. And I hope more teams start to do it as we progress. Um, another close one in the East was between the wings and swarm. And if history was any indication, we knew this was going to be a one goal game. We got another OT mm-hmm. game. Wings again, come out on top, but thoughts on this game, you know, tough one for the swarm again, to lose in overtime, but, uh, you know, what do you have to say about this, this, this wings team, uh your wings team? Yeah. I, I feel like we have to
2: think of uh, uh, a name for them. You know, it's cardiac cues. I don't know what it is for, for the wings. They, they love to play these close games. And I, it sounds like uh, as uh, our pal, Brian Andrews says, they're a second half team and how, how they came out down six, two and, and to pull this one out uh, two, two things that I, I feel like I'm uh, being a dead horse with that Ben McIntosh trade. It's early in the season still, but uh, the mm-hmm. dividends are clearly there. And you know, with a rush team um, that uh, is hurting on offense a little, uh, mm-hmm. they they could use uh, a guy like Ben McIntosh, and it's clearly uh, working out for, for on the wings. And he uh, he's just an absolute force out there, um, and they're lucky to have him. And then in Cage, uh, Higgins is back. Uh, and he had 53 saves in this one, uh, a dominant performance. They really needed him uh, to come up clutch, and he certainly did it. So um, Mike Poulan had a really good game. Uh, no, no uh, not too shabby for himself for, for the Swarm. Um, but Higgins uh, got the victory in this one. So the Wings, they're an interesting team. They're a nerve-wracking team to watch just with how they play. Um, but they're coming out on the right end uh, of these close victories uh, this early in the season. So,
1: Yeah, no, and you're know, playing some tough competition, too. And Like we yeah. said, they've played the most games out of any team so far. So, you know, they gotta be pretty happy with a winning record right now at this point in the season. And honestly, you know, knock on wood, the injury bug hasn't hit them too badly as some of these other teams. So um, I'm sure Coach Day is pretty happy with how this team is playing right now. Um and you know in the other East you know matchup, the Riptide nearly upset the bandits. So Riptide get the win in Philly last week. Um, you know, they were a huge underdogs, two and a half point underdogs and that which you know I say huge, but two and a half points are hard to come by, as we know. Um, And in this game, they almost won outright. They lost in overtime to the Bandits. Chris Cloutier with the overtime game winner, shocker there, another overtime (laughs) winner for him. But talk a little bit, what are your thoughts on this Bandits team, you know, almost getting upset by this Riptide team? And what have you seen from the Riptide that leads you to believe that, you know, maybe they can kind of make a run. I mean, right now they're one and four. So tough road ahead to kind of turn this, Uh, record around but they've shown they can compete with the best of the teams
2: yeah I mean I yeah you can say for kind of the league in general right we haven't had many blowouts this season Mm -hmm. up to this point and uh, as the Riptide played the Wings tough last week I was I was expecting them uh, to come out full throttle this week I mean one reason why uh, they're, they're doing so well is a guy named Jeff Teet. I think he, mm-hmm. I think you've heard of him, right? Uh, a couple people think uh, he's a little underrated, but he had nine assists in this one, uh, had a Hattie as well. So, I mean, he's just an absolute dominant force for them. I know I mentioned it on the pods before, uh, but I, I just keep going back and seeing Steve Orleman's uh, headshot is literally him in full pads with his helmet <laughs> on. Um, if anyone wants to go check that out, I think I've mentioned that before, but I just, crack up every time I see that. But and he, he's been playing well for them. So that they're, they're no joke. I you can't take them lightly. Uh and any team, uh, you're gonna get sa- sunk by them potentially if you take them lightly. So uh but uh this bandit squad uh is so dominant they were able to uh pull this one out um mm-hmm. late so obviously an OT and the bandits scored uh the last three uh regular uh time goals in this one you thought the the riptide were are going to pull it out after scoring the first six in the fourth quarter right but um, it, it just shows how uh, strong they are to be able to uh, come back after being down majority of the game uh, to pull this one out.
1: Yeah, no, I mean lacrosse is a game of runs. They were leading fourteen to ten, you know, late in the third quarter. Um, Larson Sundown got a goal to bring it within fourteen eleven, and then it was all tied to start yep. the fourth quarter. Um, they were leading seventeen to fourteen, uh, you know, with half the the quarter to go. So, um, yeah, tough one for them to to relinquish that lead and have to lose in overtime. Um, So, you know, I think Coach Latasor is getting this team to play at a much higher level than they were last season. Obviously, they have a lot of key new pieces. You mentioned Teet, Callum Crawford, Connor Kiernan. I mean, the list goes on. Larson Sundown, just a lot of talented guys are playing really, really well for this team. Dan Lomas is now back as well. So nice to see him, um, you know, get activated. Um, But yeah, overall, I I like, you know, what I've been seeing from the riptide. Um, But like you said, it says a lot about a team to be able to come away with a victory, and the Bandits, you know, were close to losing this game, but they were able to pull one out. And uh, I still think they're even if they would have lost this game, I still you know put them at the top of the list in terms of top teams. Um, like I said, you know, tough loss for the Thunderbirds, close win for the Bandits. I still think those are still the two top teams looking for their matchup coming up. But uh, um, yeah, I think we learned a lot more about this Riptide team, um, and I think you know it was kind of just. Waiting, we were waiting it for it to happen. A letdown spot for the bandits, and if this is their letdown, then and they're still undefeated, uh, then that's a pretty good spot for them to be in. Um, and shout out too to Jake Fox laying on Sports Center's top ten with that Number one-handed, one, man. yeah. Well, he and he he faked it one-handed and then he dunked it and yeah and ended up on number one on top 10 and we had the afc and nfc championship game so uh pretty pretty awesome accomplishment for him to land on sports center top 10 and i'm hoping we see more and more highlights um helps too that the espn deal i'm sure there's a little bit more of a reason to put you know some espn highlights up there um and the cool teal jerseys too that they wore yeah. i really like them obviously they wore them to kind of represent scrubs for healthcare workers had the orange capes on the back or whatever but uh Overall, I, I thought the teal looked really, really good. Uh, you know, sometimes teal works better as an accent color. I thought it looked cool on these uniforms. I, did you like them?
2: Yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them. And, man, uh, I don't think the anchor on SportsCenter gave that fake enough love. Um, no, I, the fake. He, no he one just, was talking about the fake. I know, man. I know. It was It was uh, not that the goal wasn't unbelievable, but I, uh, I almost appreciated the fake more than the goal itself. So, um, yeah, but those jerseys were awesome for sure.
1: No, absolutely. But uh, yeah, that's kind of our quick recap of this weekend. You know, obviously there's some other games going on. The Rush got there, uh, get a win as well, you know, after um, dropping their last three. So it's nice for them to get back in the win column. Panther City still looking for that second victory, um, obviously, in their uh, season. But, um, you know, could come this weekend. You know, they kind of have a good spot against this Warriors team, which dropped a game to the Mammoth, their third straight, they're without Mitch Jones and Logan Shuss. And we've learned that Mitch Jones is now placed on IR with an injury. Um, so tough for the Warriors, you know, they get off to a nice two and start, even dropping their you know, next two games. I thought they looked good in those games. Um, and then this one, Dylan Ward came up huge in cage. We knew he would bounce back, but a big night for him, 41 saves. Um, tough one, tough one for the Warriors to lose Mitch Jones though, led the uh, was leading the team in points with 29 before his injury. So um, you know, I, it's tough to say that one player can kind of, you know, dampen my outlook on a whole team, but I am worried for the Warriors, um, you know, losing a guy like Mitch Jones, he was arguably, you know, MVP candidate before the stoppage last year. So, um, tough to replace. I still think they're a solid team. I think if Alex Buquet, you know, plays well, like he did in his first two, three games, um, they'll have a chance to kind of be competitive, but, um, definitely a tough one for them. Let's go to matchups of the week, though, Adam. Uh, what's your favorite matchup that you're looking forward to the most this upcoming weekend?
2: Yeah, you mentioned a little bit earlier, it's game two of the Swarm Firewolves uh, matchup. I'm excited to see how both teams, uh, after having to travel um, on short notice, uh, come come in to play game two. So uh, obviously, like I said, I'm high on the Firewolves right now, and the Swarm have continued to play competitively this year. So that's definitely uh, the matchup for me of the week. I'm obviously going to be happy to watch game one, but I'm I'm curious what game two looks like on the weekend yeah. for them.
1: So am I, we don't get too many back-to-back games where it's the two teams playing yeah. each other again. So definitely a rare situation that we'll enjoy watching. I'm looking forward to the Riptide Thunderbirds. I think the R- Riptide are live to win this game. Um, I still, you know, when we get to our game picks, I'm going to take the Thunderbirds because they're also looking to bounce back. But I think it's going to be a tight contest. Um, you know, again, back to the betting side of things, Riptide are two and a half point underdogs. I wouldn't feel too comfortable about, you know, laying two and a half points with the Thunderbirds. I think the Riptide, like I said, could potentially win this game um, and at the very least, you know, pull within two or three um, of this. So I'm looking forward to this game just from an X's and O standpoint too. I want to see how the Thunderbirds bounce back. Um, It's interesting too because Thunderbirds tend to have a home field advantage when they play in Halifax, but this year it's not been the case because now they're playing in Hamilton um, for the next month because of uh, Halifax's restrictions. So no home field advantage there. Good spot for the Riptide, you know, to maybe steal a win, but um, I also have a hard time believing that the Thunderbirds and coach Kersey are just going to drop back-to-back games, especially to, you know, what we would say is an inferior opponent of the Riptide, no inferior opponents really in this league, but um, you know, that's why I'm kind of on the fence and still leaning Thunderbirds. But that's my matchup of the week to watch. I'll go into my game picks now. Like I said, Love the riptide in this spot, but still going to go Thunderbirds after saying all that. Um, I like the Swarm you know, at home in this first game, and then I like the Firewolves to get that second game, Um, and then I'm taking Bandits, Rock, Mammoth, and I think Panther City gets their second win against a beaten-up Vancouver team. What are your names for this week, Adam?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty similar in most uh, going Thunderbirds. I'm swapping uh, the Swarm Firewolves, so while we have each team winning once this weekend, I'm going Firewolves. Uh, away swarm away uh, sticking with the bandits sticking with the wings mammoth uh, and panther city getting that second dub like you said so a couple differences this week i had a solid five and one week last week so uh, hoping to uh, continue that and rise up our plt ranks but i'm excited for this weekend it should be a bunch of really fun games
1: yeah absolutely always good in the nll always fun to watch on espn um, or tsn if you're a canadian viewer but those are our thoughts on this week's NLL slate. Those were our thoughts on the PLL. We appreciate Charlie Kitchen joining us this episode. Big fans of him. Looking forward to watching him more with the Firewolves this weekend, as well as with the Waterdogs this summer. But we appreciate everyone listening. Be sure to leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode. It really helps us move up in the rankings and bring you guys' these episodes every week. Um, but as always, we appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk.